Good morning. Good morning. We welcome you here to Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church just outside of Garysburg, North Carolina in beautiful Northampton County. We are so glad that you are making time on this fourth Sunday morning in July to uh, spend time and worship the Lord with us. So we're glad that you're with us and we hope that you will continue uh, to be with us whenever you have the opportunity to do so. I want to start by first um, making two very fast but very important announcements. It is so important, all of us, no matter where you may be in the country, it is so important that we participate in the 2020 census. The census uh, information, the count of actual people uh, in a given geographic area, that number helps determine how much money the federal government will pour back into your state and eventually into your local area, your, your town, your county. Uh, some of the money that comes from the federal government is, is directly uh, determined, the amount of money that's going to come back into your state and into your locality is directly determined by the number of folks there. So please, sir, please, ma'am, if you have not done so, please take time to participate in the census. There is a 800 number you can call and you can participate and complete the census online, oh, excuse me, over the phone. That number is 1-844-330-2020. Again, that number is 1-844-330-2020. You can call that number and complete the census over the telephone. There is also a link for those of us who may be more computer savvy. Uh, that link is my2020census.gov, and this is not capital. None of, none of the uh, letters are capital letters. my2020census.gov. You can go to that link online and complete the census that way. And I want you to remember also that we need to be registered to vote in November. If you are not sure, in fact, if you did not vote in the last primary election, uh, which was just back in March, I do believe, but if you didn't vote in the most recent primary election in your state, then you need to call your local uh, elections office or go there if you can go inside. And you need to make sure that you are legally registered to vote in the November general election. So please do that, ma'am and sir. And for those of us who are members of Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church, uh, or anybody actually though, you can go to our platforms. We have a Facebook page, and we also have a web page, which is RSMBC. Com. If you go to either one of those platforms, you will find the 1-800-CENSUS number. You will find the link to complete the census online if you go to any of our Roanoke-Salem platforms. So those are two very important um, announcements that I needed to make because as Christians, God expects us to be fully engaged 
in our society, not just in church-going matters. We're, we represent him all the time, but we also are to be good citizens and participate in legal opportunities that uh, our government gives us to voice our opinions on matters. So I would ask that you do that. With that being taken care of, we're going to prepare now for uh, this morning's message. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again for this, a new day. And I ask, Lord, that you use me to preach and teach with clarity and with conviction and that lives will be positively changed by hearing your word. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Our message for this morning is from the Psalms, specifically Psalm number 71, verses 1 through 6. Psalm number 71, verses 1 through 6. Um, this month of, of July uh, has been a, um, it's a month that we celebrate seniors here at Roanoke Salem. And while I haven't um, actually created a series, if you will, but I have uh, wanted to make sure that there were some senior theme messages. The first message on first Sunday was, and now this last message in this last Sunday of July is, is kind of a senior-themed message, but it is for all of us, and I just wanted to share that. So let me read the psalm to you, and then we'll get right into the word. Psalm 71, uh, verses 1 through 6, I'm reading from the New International Version. This is what it says. Verse 1, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. And finally, verse 6 says, From birth I have relied on you. You have brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. This morning, I want to use as a topic, a subject, if you will, I've got a reason to praise God. I've got a reason to praise God. Bible scholars are not exactly sure who wrote Psalm 71, these, these Bible experts they're not sure who is the author. They're not exactly in agreement as to who is the author of Psalm 71. But I believe it was probably a senior saint because of some of the words and the language that's used in the psalm. And, and more specifically, I, I believe it was David. We know that King David wrote uh, the vast majority of the psalms. And just because of what is included in this particular psalm, I believe David wrote this psalm. Um, I think David wrote this because, especially of what it says in verses 
1, 2, 3, and 4. The writer begins by pleading with God to protect him from cruel and evil men. During his life, David encountered many cruel and evil men, um, including Saul, the king that he replaced. During his lifetime, um, David knew that there, were, there was evil and cruelty uh, all around. And so David was one who had experience with calling on the Lord when it came to dealing with and having engagements with um, cruel and evil people. This writer also declares that Jehovah God is righteous. David said that about God many, many times. This writer says God is a rock and a fortress. Amen. Uh, and that he can always be depended on. David said those words in various songs about God, too. The writer also says that all God has to do is just say the word and he can save us. Many times in his life, David would seek a word from God before he made a decision or took any action. Amen. So, so those types of things, those, the language that's used and, and what the writer is expressing and sharing his or her, his, most likely his experience uh, through the first four verses, make me come to the conclusion that David is probably the author of this psalm. But be that as it may, please now look at verses five and six again. The writer says it was God that brought him out of his mother's womb. The writer declares that God has been his hope and his confidence since he was just a young child. All of these statements make me think about David's story. From the time that David was a small boy, and we know this because the Bible records it and shares it with us, uh, David's father, Jesse, put David in charge of a flock of sheep. I don't know how young David may have been when he first started, but we know he certainly was a, a young boy at least 10 years of age, and he may have been younger than that when he first started to take care of his father's sheep. But, but David took care of his father's sheep all the way up until the time that uh, he actually went to fight Goliath, and then King uh, Saul asked David, matter of fact, basically commanded David to come live with him in, in the kingdom. So David knew about um, God being with him and God being for him, even from a young age. And remember, even before David was, um, so even before King Saul asked David to come live with him, even before David had slain Goliath, God had already appointed David to be the next king of Israel, because we know that Samuel went to David's father, Jesse's house, and we know the story. All the sons were brought forth, and Jesse saw, saw Samuel had the bottle of oil, and it would not pour out over the head of any of the other sons. But then Samuel asked Jesse, is there another son? And of course, Jesse says, yes. They went and got David, brought him back, and when Samuel stood in front of David, and turned the bottle of oil over. The oil immediately came out and drenched David. So David, from a young age, knew that God was with him. 
and that God was for him. Now, I'm sure some of us can relate to Psalm 71. I think our wonderful senior saints, those who are 70 years and older, they probably understand these verses better than the rest of us. I'm sure many of our senior saints will tell us that if it had not been for the Lord on their side, they would not have made it this far in life. Please continue to look at verse number six. The writer of this psalm declares that God has been with him from his birth during his youth. And he says, and God, you're even with me right now. In other words, God, you've never left me, nor have you forsaken me. That's a promise of God to all those who will trust the Lord Jesus. He'll never leave us nor will he ever forsake us. Forsake simply means he won't leave us and he won't forget us. He won't leave us alone and he won't ever forget us. He won't turn his back on us. Oh, he may be disappointed in us from time to time because we do some stuff, some of us, myself included. We do some things that make him greatly disappointed, but he will never turn his back on us. Amen. And I know our senior saints will tell you that they've got that testimony that God will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. I, I know that um, the writer declares that, like I said, even now God is still with him. And then the writer ends verse number six by saying this. He says, I will ever give you praise. Glory to God. I will ever, I will always give you praise, Lord. Lord, if you don't do any more for me than what you've done up to this point in my life, that's enough for me to praise you for the rest of my life. Glory, hallelujah to your name. One of the lessons that the rest of us can learn from our senior saints, those who I called on first Sunday our, our living treasures, one of the lessons we can learn from them is that we should never be ashamed or embarrassed to praise God. Amen now. We should never be ashamed or embarrassed. I don't care who don't like it. And that's not proper English. I don't care who doesn't like it for the, the grammarians among us. I don't care who doesn't like it. I don't care who is upset by it. We shouldn't, if you know God and you know God has been good to you, we should never be ashamed or embarrassed to give God praise because he's the one that's giving you life and sustaining you. Amen. The senior saints will tell you, even in their ages now, some of the ones at Roanoke Salem, 75, 80, 82, 3, 89, 90 plus years old. Some of them will tell you they're going to give God the praise that he deserves. Why? Because, well, they can't maybe move as, as fast or as well as they used to, but they're still moving. To God be the glory. Maybe some of them can't drive as well. Some of them are not even driving at all anymore. But God still makes a way for them to get to where they need to go. Somebody will come by and give them a ride to the doctor's office. Somebody will come by and take them to the grocery store. Somebody will come by and just say, hey, you know what? I was just going to ride out for a while. Come on, jump in the car. Let me take you with me and just ride out with me for an hour or so today just to get you out of the house. That's how good God is. That's how faithful he is. Senior saints will tell us that their health may not be as good as it used to be, but it's still good enough that for the most time and the most part, they enjoy life. In other words, their good days, even now, still outweigh their bad days. Some of the senior saints will tell us that 
Maybe they can't work uh, as much as they once did. Some of them don't even have to work at all because now they're retired and they get paid for staying at home. Amen. To God be the glory. And listen, here's the one. Here's the one that will really make you jump up and say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. Even when their retirement check may not be enough to meet all their needs. When a senior saint cries out to God in prayer, God will make a way somehow. Amen. The senior saints will tell us, and we ought to listen to them, that we have a reason to praise God. A lot of people here in this country and around the world are scared right now. They're scared about what's going on, and they're worried about what's going to happen in the future. There's great uncertainty. There's great anxiety among many people. Some folks are depressed. Some are even very angry. And if you go to social media, particularly, you know, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and other type of platforms, you will see people's frustration and anger, not only about COVID-19, but about the social unrest that's going on as some of us in the country try to um, try to force changes legally to make it a more just and more fair society. And some people are angry about that. And some, again, are just angry about the whole COVID situation. They don't want to have to wear a mask. They don't want to have to stay home. They don't want to be restricted into where they can go and what they can do. And all of that is leading to people feeling completely overwhelmed. Amen. But let me say this to you. A true follower of Jesus Christ knows this. We know that it's more important to trust Jesus more than we trust our own intelligence. You can have all the degrees that the world can afford you. You will never know one millionth of what the Lord knows. Amen now. Not, not discounting your intelligence, but also remember the only reason why you are as intelligent as you are, the only reason why you had an opportunity to go to school and get these degrees and, and create whatever you've done that's, 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 that's wonderful is because God allowed it. God allowed it. He, 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 he orchestrated the circumstances in your life for you to maximize what he put inside of you. It ain't you, boo-boo. It's the Lord in you. Amen now. We know that we should trust the Lord more than we trust money. There are people, and I've said this many times right here at Ronald Salem, there are people who have more money than sometimes all the folks in our congregation have put together at one time. There are individuals that have as much money and more, twice, three times as much as every person sitting in the house of the Lord on a particular Sunday. And yet all that money still can't help them be happy. All that money can't help them cure some kind of medical uh, uh, health illness or disease that may not have a cure. Amen. All the money in the world. There's some things money can. Money cannot buy you love. Money can buy you some compassion. Money can buy you some passion. Money can buy you some physical uh, satisfaction for a, mi- a few moments in time, but money can't buy you somebody who genuinely loves you just for you. And last of all, true saints of God know we are to trust Jesus more than we trust people. Not at all saying people are not trustworthy because many people are very trustworthy. And I've met people in my life who are very trustworthy. And you know people in your life who are very trustworthy or you knew them. Maybe they're no longer with us. 
But the fact of the matter is there comes a point where human resources and human ability comes to an end. I don't care who the person is. But what's impossible for man is always impossible, is always possible for God. Amen. What's impossible with man is always possible with God. So therefore, above our intelligence, above our money, above people that we know and love, we are to trust Jesus Christ more than any of those. Let me share three specific reasons why we have reasons to praise God. Number one, God answers our prayers. God answers our prayers. God promised Abraham and his wife Sarah that he would give them a son. And when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, God answered their prayers. Genesis 21 verses 1 and 2 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. God, Jesus Christ, is still gracious to you and me today. God, the Son, Jesus Christ, is still gracious to you and me today. And we should trust him and do our very best to obey him. And we should believe that he's going to bless our lives. And he will. He will. He's going to bless our lives. So number one, we should praise God. We got a reason to praise him because he answers our prayers. Number two, because he expects us to bear fruit. There's nothing more powerful in life for one human being than to have another human being who believes in her who believes in him, who has high expectations for that person, who says, I know you can do it. I know you got it in you. Well, that's how God is with us. He has high expectations for us. He expects us to bear spiritual fruit once we become saved. And here's the good part about it. He doesn't just leave us to figure out by ourselves. He gives us God, the Holy Spirit, who will help us bear spiritual fruits. He will help us live holy lives. Christians have no acceptable excuse to be ungodly. Let me, now, let me explain this. Let me explain this. Hear my heart on this. I didn't say that you won't be ungodly. I didn't say you shouldn't. I didn't, I'm not saying this. I've heard people say, well, when you get saved, you don't never sin. You're not supposed to sin anymore. That's a lie. God didn't even say that. It's not in the Bible nowhere. You don't have a, you are not a sinner anymore in the sense that now you're saved. You still have a sin nature, but the Holy Spirit helps us with that. But the reason why I'm saying we have no acceptable excuse, we can come up with excuses, but there's no acceptable reason or excuse. Why? Because if we ask the Lord to help us, God will help us. That doesn't mean you won't stumble and fall. Sometimes you may. The sin nature in us makes us always susceptible But what I'm saying is the days of us just living in willful, intentional sin, those are supposed to be over. Those will and those will be over when after we get saved, we pray to God, meditate on his word, read it for ourselves, listen to it. You know, get around other like minded believers and ask the Lord to help us. You know, and I know where we are weak in our lives. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask him to strengthen you. Ask him to change what you know needs to be changed. God, the Holy Spirit is there to do that. Here's the third reason why we should give God praise. God expects us to serve him until death. Why should I praise God for that? Because that means that God has something for your life. He has a plan for you. He's already decided you have value, you have worth, and I've entrusted you with this specific thing or these things that I want you to accomplish until you leave here, until I call you home. So we should give God praise Because he expects us 
to serve. That means no matter how old we become in life, how senior we become, he still has the expectation that there's things we can do to be a blessing. In this country and in some of the other so-called Western societies, being old is considered a liability. But God appreciates spiritual maturity in his senior saints. I know that's right because if you go down to Psalm 71 and look down at verses 18 and 19, the writer of this psalm says this. He says, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation your might to all who are to come. So even when I'm old and gray, if I can't do anything else, the Lord expects me to say to those coming behind me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. God expects me when I'm 70, 75, 80, 80, 90, two, three years old. When my mind is still clear and I still have the ability to to, to, to talk. God expects me to tell somebody coming behind me, put your confidence, put your trust in the Lord and let him be the one who directs your life. The senior saints have a reason to praise God. And I want those of us who are under 70 to understand we have a lot of reasons to praise God too. Even now in the middle of this worldwide crisis, God in the form of Jesus Christ is so good to all of us He's still good to us, church family. He's still good to us, those who may be listening who are not saved. God is still good to us even now. Listen, look about, think about David, who I think is the writer of this psalm. David indulged in willful sin against God. He knew he was doing wrong, and he did it anyway. And he was on the brink of spiritual and natural disaster. God did punish him. But he also did not let David die in sin and go to eternal damnation. That's the same thing that Jesus did for you and me when he died and paid the price for our sins on Calvary's cross. He did not let us. He, his, he gave his life so that we don't have to die and go to hell as we rightly deserve for our willful sins against him. As I close, I, 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 I don't want you to I don't know what you plan to do. But I'm going to praise God. I'm going to be just like the writer of this psalm. I was on my way to hell, but all the while I know somebody was praying for me. One day I met Jesus Christ. He saved my soul. He redeemed me to himself. I know that's right because Romans chapter 3 verses 22 and 24, it says the righteousness from God comes, listen now, comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who will believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we are justified freely by God's grace. How? Through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise God because Jesus is faithful. In this life, family may turn their backs on us, and they may disown us. Even our close friends may not be there all the time when we need them most. But we can always depend on Jesus. Jesus will come to our rescue every time we need him. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and keep you from the evil one. First Corinthians 
Uh, Chapter one, verse nine says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And here's the last one. Second Timothy, chapter two, verse 13. This is talking about Jesus. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. Jesus Christ loves us. And that's a reason to give God praise. Jesus Christ is our provider. That's a reason to give God praise. Jesus Christ is our defender. That's a reason to give God praise. Jesus Christ saved us from our sins. That's the best reason to give God praise. He went up on that cross, died on that cross, went down in a borrowed tomb. But early on that third day morning, that Sunday morning that we call Easter, Jesus Christ got up with all power in his hands. And he still has that power today. And he's still advocating for you and me today, sitting beside his father in heaven on the right side of the father. And we have access. We have direct access. We have direct connection to all the favor and the promises of God when we will trust Jesus Christ with our lives and do our best to obey him. Amen. We've got a reason to praise God. Don't let this pandemic keep you down and depressed or angry, upset. Start praising God. You'll see how quickly your situation will turn around. Start saying, thank you, Jesus. Those of you who are saved, you already know this. I just want to remind you, those of you who are not saved, this is something for you to think about. Because if your life is jacked up and even more jacked up because of the coronavirus and what it has meant in terms of what the, the negative impact on your life, give your life to the one who can turn it around. That's Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word and this message. And I ask now, Lord, that you use it to bless those who may hear it. And for those who are listening who may not be saved, if you are being moved by the Holy Spirit this morning to give your life to Jesus, please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of the living God And I believe that you rose from the dead. I ask you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you're saved, and now you're part of the body of Christ. And like I said a few minutes ago, all the promises of God, whatever you find in his word, is available to you. And don't you forget it. You've got a reason right now to start giving God praise. Let us be dismissed. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.